you, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Salt Lake Dirt. I'm your host, Kyler Bingham. Today on the show, I am so excited to welcome really one of my favorite musicians of all time. Drew Danbury joins us. I first found his music, I want to say it was 2007 or 8, and I was going through CD, CDs at the Salt Lake City Public Library. Came across his album, An Introduction to Sex Rock. Checked it out, loved it. Uh, been trying to keep up with him ever since. Um, one album I play really frequently of his is Becoming Bastion Salazar, but um, really his all, all of his work is incredible. He's he's super prolific. There's so many great albums um, that you can choose from and um, listen to his art. Uh, also, Icarus Phoenix is the group he's currently playing with, and I wasn't super familiar with them before chatting with Drew on this episode. So, uh, I've been listening to them nonstop and just incredible music as well. Uh, encourage you to check it out. Bandcamp has everything there. DrewDanbury.bandcamp.com. You can also find Icarus Phoenix on Spotify. Um, and I'll have links to where you can check that out. And I believe we're going to play a song um, from Icarus Phoenix at the end of the episode. So make sure you, you stick around for that. But again, this was a real pleasure having him on. I've been wanting to have Drew on for a while now, and it was amazing connecting with really someone I've respected for years, and um, I just absolutely love his music. It, it, it's just a, a balm to the soul. <laughs> but Okay, I'm gushing, but I'm going to jump right into it, and here we go with Drew Danbury on the Salt Lake Dirt Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> The first thing I got to say is, so, so Drew, you're, you're one, you're, an, you're a musician that I've been following for probably off and on for 15 years now. And I'm, you know, uh, I think I first came across, it must've been your first album. It was at the downtown Salt Lake City library. I was just going through CDs and I, yeah. and I, and it was in the local section there and I picked it up and, you know, I like immediately dug it and then I, you know, I didn't, I don't really know how to articulate it, but it was like, I always felt there was kind of like a, a mystery about you, which I love that. Like there wasn't uh, like, I had to really search to find you. I mean, I guess I Google search, but still it was like, you weren't like in everyone's face. Like <laughs> so many of us are online and here's my stuff and here I am. But I felt like, it was always a surprise. Maybe that's a better word. It was always surprising because stuff would kind of come out of the blue and I'd find something. I'm like, oh, this is incredible. Or I hadn't heard this. And I think it it really solidified. And it's kind of funny. I was just looking at looking at the timeline here. The, the album that I, I mean, I love all your music, but the one album that is just still on a constant rotation um, in my music is uh, Becoming, uh, Becoming, Bastion Salazar. Yes. I love that album so much. Um, and I played in the classroom and it's just one of my, you know, 
I, I just really am drawn to it. Uh, and what do they think? What do the students think? You know, it's funny. I love so the the things I like about your your albums to me at least are albums that I enjoy playing from beginning to end. Like it's a complete piece. Where I think students, I don't, you know, and grown ups for that matter, including myself at times, kind of used to hearing like like uh, sound bites. Like you hear a song and then it shuffles to something else and shuffles to something else. But there's like a handful of albums I'll, I'll just play. And I always have a couple kids that like kind of come up to me and like, who, like, who is this? Like they really, like they like it. They're really into it. And then yeah. most people, it's just kind of background music, um, like with anything else that I play. But you're, you're one artist that I have had people. It's pretty like continuous. I played it over the years now and students, you know, in each class period that I teach, I'll have a kid, one or two kids that come up and want to know who the artist is. And that's, I, that doesn't happen a whole lot with, at least with the music that I play. So it's kind of cool having like a 15, 16 year old come up and validate your music <laughs> and want to know who it is and make a note of it and follow them, uh, follow the person on their phone. So I think it's, it's a success. That's a, that's about as huge of a success that I, I, I can say based off dealing with teenagers for so long. I 100% agree. And I'm honestly really honored to be a part of anybody's life in general is a huge, um, it's a responsibility, but it's also like, just to me, it, I find it to be like extremely humbling that I get to share in anybody's experience whatsoever. If it's even just like in a passing way or someone comes to see a show and they had a good time to be able to like touch lives or make something that, that augments or accents an experience is, I, I can't think of anything more special uh, just because so many of my own experiences have been um, just kind of like, so much of music has shaped who I am, movies and music and media and the, the art that people create. Um, it shapes the way I think and feel. And it, when times are hard, when you're struggling through things, or even when times are good, like it can have such a value to that moment and it doesn't ever go away. And so even if it's just a small touch, it's just, special to be a part of the conversation at all even if i'm flying extremely below the radar which i'm also grateful for as well for different reasons <laughs> no that i love that answer i mean it 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 just because me you know music are everything like it it is so impactful and you know we could all i think about you know when i was younger and the music that shaped me and it, it does you know it does shape you and in 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 many ways, or at least is like a gateway. It leads you to other things and that leads you to other things. Um, so it, it is cool when people, it, feel, it feels like there's like a, a lot of people who probably feel the same way. I think 
like when I listen to your music and I, you know, I, I share it with people that I know, but I, I kind of feel like you're my secret. Well, not that I want to keep that secret. I want to tell everyone about it, but it is kind of like a thing. It reminds me of very, I'm a huge fan of Jason Anderson as well, oh, yeah. who you're, you're, you know, you're very familiar with. And I'm, I know you've played shows with him before. And yeah. so it's like a very, and there's even, I think on um, the album we were just talking about, there's a, we got to come back to like the, this, the yeah, the Elliot, the the Elliot Rosewater, Buck Brandeman, Peter Weir, Jason Anderson, yeah. or the Dalai Lama, that, that whole, yeah. I love that, yeah. yeah. So um, I'm kind of rambling here, but I think the, the, I've only seen you one time live, and that was up in Provo, Utah, and, um, and it was, Jason Anderson was playing, and it was at uh, Valor, I believe. And mm -hmm. so I was just so excited when I found out that you were, on the bill as well. And I know you, you played, a, you know, played a lot of Utah shows, but I always just in Kilby court and I always felt like I just didn't keep up on it enough that I always just missed you on different shows. So, um, it was just, and like you just said, it was, for me, it was a very incredible experience. Um, seeing, seeing you live for the first time, uh, and then seeing someone like Jason who, you know, if people don't know who Jason Anderson is, I urge them to, to look him up um yeah he's one of my favorites he's one of my favorite people for sure yeah he he's the best so i maybe i could ask just like standard kind of <laughs> interview question like going back to growing up what were what was some of the music that you were drawn to or um that you know for lack of a better word influenced you or kind of made you get to a point um, or maybe you got to this on your own, but may maybe helped urge you along that, hey, maybe I can I can do this too. I can make music too. This is something I want to do. Honestly, I mean, that would definitely go to Micah Dahl Anderson for sure. Um, he, uh, okay, I guess there's a lot of, I had a creative uh, project in high school where I made, um, a really, really terrible, but silly, but terrible uh, rap cassette. And it was like part of some big creative project for an English class. And it was just fun to make stuff with my friends. And I spent most of high school making skate videos with my friends and just making videos and like goofing off and like being creative. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the, the words or the understanding or anything to understand that was my love language till a lot later in life. But um, when I was in college, after um, after my, my mission, so I was raised Mormon. I'm no longer Mormon, but I have no hard feelings and admire. I'm appreciative of my experience. Um, I'll skip that as quick as I can. That's a big, <laughs> huge topic. Yeah, no, I um, get it, yeah. But regardless, uh, post-mission, I'm at BYU. I'm going to school. I meet Micah Dahl Anderson. We're working a job together, and he's playing guitar, and he, he sings, and he writes songs. And I had been doing, like, poetry, and, I, and we're just hanging out. And um, I have a poem, and he's playing some chords. And I'm like, hey, let's write this a song together. I got this poem. We... We wrote a song together and I was like so excited and I was like, dude, we should record this. He's like, yeah, let's record it. I'm like, we're like, he had like a, an eight track or a four track machine that he could record it with. And I was like, what? <laughs> so we record that song 
we I think we wrote two songs, we recorded them, and I was just like so excited, like it was so much fun for me. And I remember telling him like, dude, let's start a band. And in my head, we would just write and record songs. We'd just be creative. We wouldn't play shows. And so we spent the summer. We gathered up people. We started a band. And um, and of course, immediately they're like, all right, when's our first show? And I was like, oh, let's not do that. Like, <laughs> let's just write and record songs. Let's just be creative together and make stuff. And of course, they were like, no, we're in a band. We're in college. <laughs> we play shows we're here to like i i think some people have different reasons for being in bands yeah um and i and i was like oh okay and it was a heavy heavy anxiety for at least a solid year adjusting to being in front of people mm. and and uh, eventually of course i got used to it but long story short mike adal anderson that... Uh, helped me start my first band and he's still one of my favorite people. I love him forever. That's incredible. I mean, the, the fact that you like, that's someone that you knew directly. Cause usually when I talk to people and ask kind of a similar question, it's like, you know, Paul McCartney or, or, or something like, like nothing wrong with that, of course, but how much more powerful when you can get excited with like an artistic partnership. Um, that's incredible. That's that's incredible. And, uh, I think one thing I want to ask, like you have such like, you have such a huge catalog of music that is available to people. Uh, it, it really blows my mind. Like, I know, I know I haven't listened to every, everything. Um, just when I think I have, there's something that like, Oh, I didn't catch that single or I didn't catch that EP. Um, what I love about albums like, uh, let's talk about maybe for like for all the girls that, yeah, that has so many songs on it. Um, just a beautiful piece of art there. And when you are working on, I'm just kind of, I mean, the nuts and bolts of it just really interests me because you do have so much. I'm just so blown away, uh, that you're able to put out so many good songs. Um, do you have kind of like a theme in mind or do you just, are constantly just working on songs and kind of putting them together um, just wherever they end up fitting on an, on an album or an EP, because they all like each album, each EP uh, it just flows so well. Like I really encourage people to sit down and listen to the whole thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Thank what you. I'm asking? Yes, it does. And the answer is all of the above. <laughs> um, I definitely, I think, okay, so I'm currently finishing up like three or four albums and I'm so close to all of them, but not done with any of them. And um, one of them is I wrote on, so there's that song, Lynette, I Love You, um, that I put out on an EP in like 2008 or nine. And it was kind of just like a song that I'd written for a compilation. And then we made a video with a friend for fun and it, people really liked it. And I was dating Lynette at the time. And then when we got married, I was like, Oh, I'm going to write a whole album for this person. Mm -hmm. 
So then recently, as in the last two years, we got divorced. And um, and initially she had said, I, I'd asked her like, oh, like, should I release this? And she's like, no, I, I, I want you to just keep it. Just keep it secret. Mm-hmm. And so when we got divorced, I was like, all right, I don't owe you anything. This is getting released. So uh, finally, finally finished recording it. And that's coming out. And then Icarus Phoenix is my main focus these days. Um, and I just tracked like 40 songs over the, well, I didn't just, oh man, <laughs> it's hard to really encapsulate all this. Um, to answer your question, over the the experiences I've had with recording, mm-hmm. I'll go in thinking, oh, this song is the best and this song's kind of whatever, but we'll see what happens. And so many times the songs that I go in with like high expectations for, because as a song on its own, it's really solid. Um, Sometimes they just don't come together. Mm -hmm. They just don't hit the way you hoped in the recording process. And then other songs that kind of felt like, eh, whatever, I might as well record it. I'm here. Uh, something happens where like the drummer and the bassist click in and like the producer decides, Oh, let's do this and this and this. And all of a sudden you have like just a powerful song on your hands that wasn't ever anything you thought much of. So when I go in at this point, uh, perhaps in the past, I would have had a vision, so to speak Mm -hmm. Uh, for sure. Early on, I had a lot less songs now I generally go in just trying to make each song the best it can be, recognizing that I wrote all these songs over the span of like a year or two, so they're going to thematically fit together. And then I kind of, I mean, the first Icarus Phoenix record is chronological, pretty much. It, it was all the songs on that album play chronologically the way they were written um so the story is just there based on how it was written the order in which it was written and then but essentially i'm trying to just i'm always just trying to write a perfect album and i just i always i guess i always thought that you know if i write a perfect album it'll happen and someone will notice and then you can you can just survive and make art and not have to worry. And it's never really happened. And so either I haven't written a perfect album (laughs) or I just haven't met the right people, which I think is generally how it really goes is just right time, right place. Yeah. I I mean, Uh to to me, some of the albums are, are from a fan standpoint, perfect. Like I, I think if, 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 if I'm listening to an album, like at least on a weekly basis for the past 10 years. I mean, that's not, I don't typically do that. Yeah. I would say, you know, um, the one we just talked about, I keep, I always mess up the name because I I think it's a bit of dyslexia. And then I have a friend last name Salazar, but (laughs) Bastion, becoming Bastion Salazar. um, That one is just constantly, it, you know, if I'm kind of feeling down or whatever, that's one album I go to. 
and it just feels uh and i don't really i can't explain it but it just feels so familiar to me it feels it, like in a in a way it just feels like home like it just feels like it makes me feel like simultaneously um you know as a 42 year old man and like a 16 year old when i'm getting excited about music so it's just it just it has a powerful impact that one especially on me um and i can't really I don't know why it just it just feels so familiar and I just I, I love the songs um, it's just it's a, it's amazing how something can can impact someone and you and you know the person it's happening to they can't really even explain why well I mean let's talk about that really quick too is like perfection in and of itself like mm-hmm. sure I mean I, I think at a certain point, you know, after 10 years, I'll go back and listen to a record. And there have been a few times, like, I remember re-listening to Besides, Are We are we Playing Around Out Here? Or Do We Mean What We Say? Like, the second album I put out. And I remember I hadn't listened to it for, like, two years. And I put it on, and I listened to it. And I was just, like, crying because I knew it was perfect mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that, like, everyone's going to like it. And I think is when we talk about a perfect album, like I know I'm making what I need to make. And I know if I were out there objectively and I came across my own music, I'd be like, Oh my God, this is the best music ever because it's exactly what I would want to hear. But then similar to like my taste in movies or music or anything, you know, when the whole world loves Marvel movies and I'm just kind of like <laughs> really kind of bummed on that. Yeah. Same like if I'm making art that I'm really proud of, is it really going to appeal to a wide audience? And then what do you do if it does appeal to a wide audience? You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, there's that whole conundrum of people who will, when you use that logical argument, it's like, Oh, well, people are idiots. They're never going to understand. And then when they do get it and you're just like, Oh shit. <laughs> so it's a real catch 22. And, um, I just, so there's this last, this last Icarus Phoenix album that I have been working on. I remember right before the recording process, Jake Bellows from Neva De Nova, mm-hmm. uh, came out and played guitar on it Oh, cool! because he's one of my favorite musicians of all time. And I just, essentially begged him like, Hey, please just come make art with me. Yeah. And who cares what happens? Just come and see what happens. And, and I remember having a conversation with him about the album. Like I know that I'm pouring just money into these albums that I'm never going to get back. I'm never going to make ends meet with music. And that's okay. Because all I care about is making something that I can, walk away from like so proud of and i just if anything like i'm extremely grateful for flying under the radar for being unknown Mm -hmm. because there's no one around me trying to tell me how i should sound or how i should be like i literally have not a single person who's trying to weigh in on what my brand is or any of that like i literally just cut hair all day and then i make art and I do it however I want. And, and I guess 
when you don't have that pressure, like you're free to do anything. And especially with For All the Girls and a lot of those projects in that time period where I was just recording it all at home and like with my friends and there weren't any rules and no one was going to listen to it. And I'd pretty much gotten off of all social media and like, there's no reason for me to even like, I was completely free. And I try and carry that feeling with me, even though I know like I'm going to play shows and share it with people. Mm-hmm. I still carry that feeling with me where it's like, I'm doing this for me and I hope somebody likes it, but also fuck everybody. Like it's not for them. I was like, I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks. Um, and even compliments or criticisms, like it's always humbling and it's nice to hear. And I'm glad people care, Mm -hmm. but it also doesn't matter because it's, it's already done. Yeah. It's already finished. And it's already kind of like, well, whether people like it or not, it's like, (laughs) um, it's already, it's already happened. (laughs) I, I love, I love that. And like what you said, um, Jonathan Ames, he's one of my favorite writers and I had him on a couple of years ago and he, he used to, um, teach, teach writing. So he, he said one thing he would always tell his students is, you know, write, write what you would like to read. That's like his yeah. biggest, biggest point. So I think it just, and, and then, you know, if you do that was his, his idea was you do that. And then like, somebody is going to be drawn to it. It may not be millions of people, but someone will be drawn to it. And the same thing clearly with music applies. Um, and that's why I think I love your stuff so much is it's like, this is such a like creative evolution that I'm just, yes. I'm flipping through your band camp right now. And it's just like, it's all so different, but it's all so you at the same time. Uh, yeah. like the covers and it's, so it's just, it's just a very liberating thing from, I can't imagine from your perspective, but from like a, a, you know, a fan's perspective looking at this, it's just, it's exciting because you know, you're going to get something good. Um, it, you know, if you dig the music, it's just, you feel like you're in good hands. Like I trust you when you release something <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Um, it's, um, it's, I don't know, like it, it's such a fascinating thing because music is essentially what killed my marriage, but it's also what, like if I've tr- I tried multiple times to just like eliminate that part of myself mm-hmm. and I could not function as a human. Like it was such a huge part of my life to process things, to communicate, connect with others, like it's like, I, I literally could not function every time I tried to stop. I'm just like songs would come flooding out and like songs that were undeniably like good that I needed to share like songs that I like were so powerful to me that I was like, I can't, I have, I have to like, I have to put this out. I have to do something. I have to show people this Yeah, because they're important to me. And even if it's cathartic for me personally, I guess I just always feel like, um, I don't know, like it's just giving back to all those 
people that help me get through tough times. Yeah. And I know it's not fair to my ex wife, but like she also signed up for it. And I was really, really upfront about like, this is who I am. This is what I do. It's not going to change. And, you know, she, she lasted 13 years. So like good on her too. She's, (laughs) she's an awesome person. Yeah. But well, I, I, I talk about it a lot with guests I have on just like the, the, the challenge when you, when you're not able to make a, and most people don't like even well-known authors that I have on, or even some filmmakers, like when you're not able to make like a comfortable living from your art, um, you have, you know, you have to do something else to, <laughs> to make a living, uh, especially if you have a family, but even if you, you know, even if you're going at it alone, but just how like tiring responsibilities and a career can be. So I always ask people like, how do you, how do you continue to create? And of course, every answer is different. How do you manage it? And one thing, like the, the, the theme that I've come across talking to, you know, so many people now about this is like, it, it is hard, you know, Yeah. most people, yeah, yeah, but it's like, it has the people who stick with it are the people that like they must continue. They have to do it. It's a, it's a compulsion pretty much. And it's what, you know, saves their mental health in so many ways. And it's like, it's just part of, it is who you are. So, um, yeah. Yes. 100%. In fact, I, uh, my ex-girlfriend, uh, I, I keep touching a lot of exes, but, uh, (laughs) that's great. My ex-girlfriend, um, had a really insightful like article that she shared with me about, uh, I, I guess they call it creative OCD Mm, and it like explain it, it just described my existence where I get these ideas and I'm like, Oh, this is such a good idea. I have to do this. Yeah. And, and half the time I'm just sitting there like, there's no way somebody hasn't already done a project called for all the girls and just written a bunch of love songs for girls. It's just so obvious. <laughs> then you like look it up and you're like, what? I have to do this. Yeah. Or like, there's no way somebody hasn't called a band Icarus Phoenix. It's so perfect. Yeah. And then you like search and you look and you're like, how the fuck am I the first person to like, somebody has to have thought of this. Like I can't. So half the time there's like this aspect where I'm plagued with ideas and I have to do them. And if I don't do them, then I'm, I'm just like unhappy. And, and it's this really fine balance of, you know, making ends meet and then doing the art and balancing relationships and also balancing like self needs. And I, I think that's always been the trick or like the difficult thing for everyone who's ever dated me is just, I'm so content to like, just make art all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And, and then if we want to like hang out and watch a movie in the evening or like chat and make dinner and like hang out for a few hours, like I'm great. But every single person that I've ever dated, it's always this element of, well, not everyone I've dated. Uh, the person I was married to is great with it. Um, the people that I dated have dated in before and after 
said marriage, um, it's always a difficulty for them because they just want to sit and watch TV together for an entire day. And I'm just like, what <laughs> you want to do? What? So I don't, I don't, I can't spend my life doing that. Like, <laughs> um, and it's not a, a criticism of them or anybody who wants to spend their life doing that. It's just for me personally, I can't, I get too pent up or like too, like I have to do something every day. Like I have to work on a song or work on an animation or, write a song or do something productive like every day towards a long-term goal. I was just telling a friend about the um, stone cutter parable. Have you heard that before the Asian one? I don't think so. No. Um, I'm probably going to tell this wrong <laughs> and totally mess it up, but essentially there's a stone cutter. He wants more power so he becomes a king and then he's like really hot and he's like, oh, the sun's hotter. Or the sun has more power than the king. So he becomes a sun. And then um, he sees how the wind is just running around and like he can't really touch it. And he's like, well, now I want to be the wind. And so then he becomes the wind and he keeps running up against this mountain and the mountain doesn't move. And so he's so frustrated. He's like, I want to become the mountain. So he becomes the mountain. And then he feels slow chip of a stone cutter at the base of his mountain and he trembles and I love that. yeah and it's something that i've thought about ever since i read it i'm just like this is it like you just chip away every day and you know 10 20 years later you have a long list of songs and albums and work because you just did a little bit every day mm -hmm. and that's really all it takes, I have a friend who's an amazing songwriter that we played shows in college. And for 10 years, I just kept asking him like, dude, where's your first album? Like you, I heard your songs 10 years ago. They're great. Record them and put them out. And he just, he just killed it by like, no, it has to be this perfect thing. And he like, wouldn't ever finish. And eventually he like, he started just releasing stuff and just like, ah, fuck it. And just started releasing stuff. And, and I was the opposite. Like I didn't think twice about the fact that I recorded this at home and used like pots and pans instead of like drums or whatever. Like I just, this is what I have. This is what I'm using. Yeah. So it didn't really occur to me like to do anything other than what I've done. It, it's always felt really natural. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, you know, and I've um I interviewed Jason Anderson not not on the podcast, but in a like a a written interview a few years ago. And um he he's another person like you know, there I don't know how much of his stuff is up online now, but he at one point he I think he had like all of his stuff and it was just I couldn't keep up with it, the amount of <laughs> you know, songs. So clearly someone who's like constantly writing songs and has yeah. the gift of, um, writing a good song. So it's like, um, it's for, for a listener who enjoys the music, that is just such a, such a gift. Um, you know, because, you know, we all have our, we all have musicians that we love and it's like years and years sometimes between them putting something out. Um, but if, you know, something pops up on Bandcamp or on YouTube. It's like, it, it's so cool. And it's like, so it's just, it's like the, 
the listener gets to be part of of that journey and you're always kind of there you know um like jason does uh, he does these like instagram live shows that he started doing <laughs> during the pandemic um, and he just hit yeah. like 100 170 uh i think just just this past week but um like that was just such a cool you know just such a a cool thing uh you know i think he he hesitated with social media from my impression um but he definitely leaned into like doing the um those live shows and it was just especially during the early part of the pandemic that was that was a huge bright spot in my day like when he because he was doing them every week or whatever and you know i wasn't seeing anyone uh so that was my part of my social network was watching a jason anderson show in his house with 25 other people watching at the same time you know <laughs> i i love i love catching those and i just saw him like a month ago mm -hmm. oh cool um when he came through on tour and it was it was rad yeah he's just i he jason anderson was definitely one of those life-changing shows and we've talked about it he and i um because he doesn't want to be idolized and neither do i and neither does anybody who's a human being sure but um but it is like he's he he's special yeah and his live performance uh when i saw it just really just shifted my perspective on things yeah and And I think that if, you know, since we're talking about influential people like Micah Dahl Anderson, Jason Anderson, um, anybody with the last name Anderson, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, he, yeah, I, I like, I distinctly remember how it felt to see him play for the first time and just yeah, yeah how so much of an impact it had. He's powerful. He is like the first time I I've seen him a bunch of times, and I think it was like two thousand two thousand two, and I was at a show. Some local band was playing at Kilby, and I got drugged to it, and and excited. I didn't know the people in the band, but so I was out down like the alley talking to a girl, and then one of my friends comes like running down the alley and he's like you have to check this guy out you have to see what he's doing and so we ran back in and he's like you know on standing on a chair just like going off like it was yeah it was amazing and, and to be like oh there's like 15 people here but he gets everyone like so close and it was just one of the most powerful musical experiences i've ever into you know like hands down i would see i would you know have a jason anderson experience over like any arena rock or anything like that it was just such a you know incredible thing and i'm like how did i never hear this like yeah it's it's incredible that there's people out there like that and when you discover them it just it does it has a, a huge shift a huge impact it can yeah. at least yeah and i mean i think that's that's kind of like expectations play a big role in that. And it's really nice when like, I've been playing a lot of so far shows, mm -hmm. which is like a company that sets up these 
small intimate shows that um, people don't even know who they're going to go see and they don't know where the venue is. And there's little pop-up shows in like art spaces or apartments or wherever, like they just small intimate shows, people sign up and then they get artists to come play. So you have a small intimate sold out show, 20 to 40 people, and it's an intimate space. And it is absolutely in my wheelhouse because I spent similar to Jason, I spent years just playing house shows, playing these intimate spaces, trying to have a connection with people, not really caring about being on a stage or, or like playing a big venue, but like trying to have a moment with people. So now, not only do I have like all that experience in my back pocket, but then I've also got, you know, years and years and years and years of my own songs that I can just pull out and be like, oh, this is how it's feeling. This is what I want to play. This is, let's just follow whatever this feeling is in this moment. And it's been really, really wonderful because, you know, generally um, people don't know what to expect. And, and you can just go in and you can just be like, I, I don't know how to describe it without sounding like an ass, but <laughs> you walk into a room and you're like, you guys don't even see this coming. Like I'm ready to like, just knock your socks off. I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to say things and sing things that like you won't even see coming. And it's going to be so much fun to like, see your reaction and like, see see how these things work. It's almost like I'm understanding what it, what joy it would be to be a comedian and see yeah. like things land and see this consistent, like, not that I'm enjoying like any form of manipulation, but it's like, this is working exactly how I want it to. And when you're recording and releasing music, you don't have that experience. You're not play testing it. Mm -hmm. You're just putting it out there. But the live setting, it's like, oh, yeah, like I wrote this with this intention and this is exactly how it hits. And that is really satisfying. Oh, that's so cool. I'm, I'm so jealous. That sounds like such a cool thing. So are you are you you're, you're on the East Coast now? Are you in Maryland? Yeah. Is that where yes. you live? Okay. Yes, I'm in Baltimore and I love it. It's great. Awesome. Um, yeah, that well, that's so cool. You're 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 doing live shows. Um, you know, like in that capacity, that sounds incredible. I'm, I'm like super jealous of, <laughs> of something like that. That that's, and, and then I think you get like the, the clearly the right kind of people, the people who are open to something, you know, they don't know what they're going to get. So you, yeah. you're getting probably pretty cool people that it's are awesome. like open to experience that kind, um, of a thing that, Oh, that's so cool. Uh, well, this has been this has been really cool. Um, I feel like I, like I could probably talk to you for for hours, but I want to make sure people know, um, like where to find where, where's the best place people can find your music or kind of you know. I think most people don't use Bandcamp. Uh, the Bandcamp is like easily the best place, just because that's where it all is. Um, at least I've curated everything there. So that it would be like, you can find everything, all the side projects, everything. So drewdanbury.bandcamp is the best way to go. But I think right now I'm 
mostly proud of and focused on Icarus Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And since people usually use Spotify, I just send them to Icarus Phoenix, Icarus Phoenix. Um, just because those are the songs I'm playing, even when I play solo, like I'll play some old Drew Danbury songs, but for the most part, I'm not really touching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really focused on this Icarus Phoenix project. It's something I'm really proud of. And, you know, maybe I'm not trying to diminish stuff from the past. I know sure. that that other stuff is great. It's just for me right now in my head, this is where I am and where I want to be and what I want to be doing. Awesome. That's no, that's, that's incredible. I'll make sure and have links to, to all of what you just said. Yeah. Um, so pe- people can find that. And then, um, as far as like the, is there a song that you would like us to play on, on the radio? Like, uh, of Icarus, Icarus Phoenix that you feel like you're kind of excited about right now or, or, um, want to um not to put you on the spot. No, 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 no. It's, uh, I handle these questions all the time. Um, I have my own personal favorites, but I think the hands down favorite is eighties night dance party singing, send me an angel. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, there's one called zero one, but, um, that first album is like really sad and slow and shoegazy and just, really calm or sad either or and then the second album is a little bit more standard what you'd expect from me where it's like it's got a lot of changes a lot of upbeat pop rock with a little bit more i don't know yeah i don't know how else to describe that no Um, that sounds great so i'll yeah we'll we'll kind of we'll put that on after the interview what people make sure you stick around we'll play we'll play a song from icarus phoenix thank um, you give you a taste of course um well yeah drew anything else uh, we're kind of, i think this is a i really enjoyed this conversation this felt very <laughs> this, is, this is just a real treat for me and like i said you've been you're, you're someone i've been meaning to reach out to um for a while now so you know my school year ended and it was i felt perfect timing to kind of like try to have some conversations with people that I really admire and could get really excited about something to look forward to this summer. Um, I'm honored and I, I don't have anything. Just thank you so much for taking the time with me. I really appreciate it and appreciate you sharing um, what I'm doing and for just um, giving it the time and care rather than just having it be background music. It really means a lot that you'd listen to the words because that's always been my main focus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> to me, it's easy. It's just, it's beautiful music and I just am naturally drawn to it. So Drew Danbury, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. This was an honor. Likewise. Thank you so much, Keller. Absolutely. You can't go back to a few years ago. So keep on running. Find ways of coping Don't open your mouth Cause everyone will know You got nothing Unless you're at home
Sinking, you once thought to drown. 